Welcome back. By the way, there is a podcast called Bible Babble. It's already out there, but I don't think it matters. Does it? I don't know. I I don't know if it matters. My theory on band names in this very question, because there's no way humanly possible to come up with a truly original band name that isn't either gibberish or just terrible. Gorilla sure. fart. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that's what you get. So there's no way if you Google it, somebody somewhere has used that name. And and I just came to the conclusion at one point, well, did they did they have a hit? <laughs> right. right. Like what's their viewership? Because there's no no combination of words Whoever that hasn't been used first for a wins. band name. Yep. Yeah. So gotcha. I was just like, yeah, as long as it was somebody that never got traction, who cares? Just, yeah, and I don't from what I could see, I mean it was it doesn't look like it was anything. It just looked like it was some other group of guys that came up with a name and they were they were doing a little bit more in-depth study mm-hmm. which doesn't go with bible babble at all no no no, no. maybe you know, they should have they should have been testament talk up. <laughs> yeah you should call them up with your first name what it was what was it the, the modern the, day burritos yeah yeah, yeah burritos. burritos yeah i like that <laughs> i thought of a good name actually oh what is it the um jar the um, um jar, jar. <laughs> um jar i brothers. guarantee you there's not one out there that's yeah. a good that's, like it, that's a that's like a like a like a, a really good like uh title the um jar it's got a yin a yin a yin what am i trying to say i don't even know got a ring to it yeah, yeah. A ring that's what I, I had, to say. when we we spoke yesterday rick how did we get off on donkey like oh. the donkey donkey bereans the donkey bereans oh yes yes well, so I mean, balaam yeah in the the talking donkey yeah had a talking donkey yep. so i said you know we were talking about a gentleman that i knew that got saved after listening to our podcast which i thought was insane yep, yep. and yep. um yeah, it's insane. That's it wow. was not planned. That was That's unexpected. Wild. It is. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's he's definitely like committed like to his to the to the faith and it's it was unexpected. And so I said, you know, if God can use a donkey or a jackass, is yep, what yeah, Billy said, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, we should call the podcast Donkey Punch. <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you pointed at him when you said <laughs> that. That's the only time you could say jackass without your grandmother smacking you when you're referring to the Bible. Yeah, so, actually, <laughs> that's the only time I could say hell. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was talking about I was, I was, Yeah, I read it in the Bible, Grandma. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Somebody told me that who was the most elastic man in the Bible? Balaam. He tied his ass to a tree and walked up around the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say ass, I mean it in the donkey I mean sense. donkey, burrow, okay? <laughs> burrow, burrians. <laughs> oh, there we go. Modern yeah, day, the, yeah, yeah. Modern day burrows. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So, And uh, I never realized that Shrek, the movie Shrek, was. did they follow the Bible? With the talking donkey? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, Never even thought of that. Yeah. I, yeah. So, but anyway. Now you got a flying talking donkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. That's a whole other podcast is biblical movie tie-in things that you didn't realize were biblical movie tie-ins. Sure. Yeah. yeah we had, uh, was it Total Recall? The Trinity boob. Yeah. Oh, oh that's right. Recall. Yeah. Yeah, man. Or the Hall about that. Yeah, yeah. The Trinity boob. Oh, my God. New podcast name. <laughs> the Trinity boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Trinity boob. The Trinity boob and the whizzy wig. Yeah, you know, yeah. The jackass and the tri-boob. Tri- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever you show Total Recall on the side, will you please invite me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> didn't, didn't Chandler have a third nipple? Who? Chandler from Friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he yeah. did. Yes. That's the mark of a godly man. <laughs> <laughs> the, third, the third nipple. The, the, the tri-boob. The, the tri-boob. 
Oh, well. well. So welcome back to Donkey Punch. <laughs> Bible Babble's been used. Um, we, <laughs> I just started with an um. <laughs> so over the past few weeks, you know, we've been talking about the Jesus being the actual creator. Then we went into his story about the afterlife with the rich man and Lazarus and, and hell. And that story led at the end of it, it said, you know, if no one would believe in this, even if we sent someone back from the dead. And then when we went in this last podcast, it was about resurrection stories where the widow of Nain and the daughter of Jairus um, were resurrected. But the arc that I'm trying to take us on <clears throat> is resurrection in general. And this week, even though our podcast is way off timeline, this week, uh, this past week was Palm Sunday. And are you are you familiar with what Palm Sunday is? No, I'm not. Okay. Other than it actually has to do with palm leaves. It does. Yeah, yeah. riding so, in on a donkey on a donkey punch. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, oh, is, it, is it all donkeys? It's donkeys all the way down. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So that was the mark of a king, actually. When the Messiah or whenever a king was anointed in Jerusalem, he had to ride a donkey into Jerusalem. And Jesus, who was basically, Jesus wasn't royalty. Jesus was a son of a carpenter. Mm -hmm. Some people say a stonemason, but a carpenter. But he was from the lineage of David, King David, and from Judah, which was the uh, son of Abraham, the father of Jacob. And no, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Judah was the son of Jingle Jacob. I got <laughs> John, Jacob, Jingleheimer Smith. Eben. Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. So where we've come to this point now is Palm Sunday, where we are, you know, like this past Sunday, was whenever Christ does his, they call it the triumphal entry. It's when he comes riding a donkey into the city and the people were laying palm fronds on the ground and saying, you know, screaming out, Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord. It was a big deal because he is claiming to be the Messiah. And if he is, then the people believe he's going to come in and kick the Romans out. That's what they want. That's It's wild that I've never heard that. You know what I mean? Even just like passively being an American, you know, you're kind of like bathed in the glow of Christianity. So, you know, like the big stories, or at mm -hmm. least you think you do, even if you don't, even if you actively try not to pay attention. But that, that seems fairly like a significant thing, and I had not heard that. Yeah. Well, and see, it is, because where we're going today is the resurrection of Lazarus in John chapter 11. And it's the, the focus is from John chapter 10... Jesus has come into the city of Jerusalem and he's in the temple and he is, he's wrecked the temple, right? He's thrown over thrown tables, the, tables, the yeah. money changers, these men that were exchanging money um, for worship, basically, in the temple. He fulfills the scripture about being zealous for the house of God and he... I mean, he make, he fa it says he fashions a cord and whips people with it. Oh, I yeah. mean, this is... Den of you know, thieves. Yeah, he called it a den of thieves. That's right. What? I was gonna do the. I was gonna do a. Uh, 
hey, we're recording with the doors open, but you know what? I'll do it separate and just throw it in front of the podcast. So, Or maybe I'll make Billy do it and then throw it in front of the podcast. Sorry. Uh, continue with your we're thought. We're recording with the doors open. We're outside. Yeah. Well, I just, I heard, like I just heard my wife over my shoulder. Well, I heard a bird. Yeah, I heard a bird, too. Yeah. yeah. And if oh, you guys are listening to the podcast and you hear cars or any more donkey punches, I, whatever. <laughs> no. We're going to be comfortable. So, Jesus, and I didn't give you guys the, a syllabus this time. But in John chapter 10, Jesus is at the temple and he's, he's walking in what's called Solomon's colonnade or colonnade, so you'd say it. And they come up to him and he basically makes the claim. They're like, if you are the Messiah, then say it. And he's like, you, you don't believe me. I've been saying it. If you don't believe what I say, at least look at my works. Look at the things that I've been doing. And they're like, just say it. You know, and they end up picking up stones. They're going to stone him right there in the temple. And he ends up, you know, going away. He leaves Judea completely. And then he gets this message. Okay, so it's not that he's running for his life. It's just not his time yet. And he knows that. He knows that there is going to come a time when they are going to capture him. They are going to beat him. They are going to try him. And then they're going to crucify him. He knows it. He says it early on in his ministry, take up your cross and follow me. He knows that's where he's going, is the cross. But he also knows it's not his time yet. And so when you get to John chapter 11, it talks about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and what happens. And do you mind to read that John chapter 11, 1 through 45? Sure. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, 
I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were there with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Teka with a stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did not I say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Very good. <clears throat> I apologize for the sound of the uh, ambulance. We put that in for effect so you could feel what it <laughs> was like to go to the tomb of a dead man in ancient times. A very on-purpose sound effect. It, w- it was excellent. Yeah. yeah. I uh, appreciate you putting that in there, Andy. <laughs> it was so <laughs> it's real. It's amazing that you heard it already, even though I haven't edited this yet. <clears throat> yeah. You, you it's just, so cool. You knew it was, yeah. you Thank knew you for putting happening. that in there. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it's nice to have the door open. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm going to put you on the spot, Billy. I want to ask you a question. Okay. What do you think about that story? What does it mean? Does it mean anything to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's pretty powerful there. First of all, um, the fact that he wept about, you know, uh, Lazarus means that he, that was a good friend. And, uh, um, but I think what stands out to me is like when he, when he prayed to, to, to heaven and, and said, let this, let this man live again. Um, I mean, that's to see something like that or just, you know, to, to have a friend like that. Um, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. How about you, Ralph? Well, to tag on what he just said, when I was reading this, I, there was a lot of things that came up about faith. And in this, when you hear him, Say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He doesn't say, Father, this is what I want. Or thank, he said, Thank you, Father, that I know you've heard me. He already has the faith. He already knows that it's done. Mm-hmm. 
and I think faith, going back to what you said last week, um, faith is something that, for the people that don't understand the parables, uh, I think faith is something that that helps you in understanding things because when you're mature enough to accept something, when you're mature enough to handle something, then it'll it'll be known to you. And I think that some of those people may not understand the parables, but when you are ready for that, when you've either reflected or studied or uh, believed enough that that you will gain the understanding. And I and I got that. But from here that, you know, even Jesus is showing that he has faith. Mm-hmm. You bring up a good point that... Oh, well, uh, what about you, Rick? I mean, what... what I was actually going to ask Andy next. Uh, okay. I'll go last because okay. I talk way too much, guys. How about you? Do you have anything, that. Andy? <laughs> <laughs> and be honest, I'm totally cool with everything. It, it's, if I feel like it kind of strikes a similar a similar path as the other resurrection stories, actually. Mm-hmm. As a... The truth is the ambulance happened and I can hear my wife spray painting things and 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 I was distracted and I have ADD and I checked out for large portions of that that work. You got donkey punched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that weren't the beginning or the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I really did. I'm sorry. No, it's all right cuz I I started listening to but I've read this about yeah, yeah, a million you know, times in my life. Yeah, so. you know it. Yeah, yeah, I actually made a movie about this called The Resurrection and the Life. So I did a very, 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 very deep study about it. The thing that really hits me, I never understood the weeping part. I didn't because I always thought of Jesus as being all-knowing and sovereign. But when I started understanding, when I was talking about the growing in wisdom and stature, you know, I said mm-hmm. it like a million times mm-hmm. last podcast. Well, that stood out to me that he is one of us down here. Kinda. Yes. Absolutely. You know, yeah, but so Jesus that, Jesus weeps with us. God weeps with us. He feels our sorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and my argument <clears throat> before I was a Christian was, well, why'd you put us in this mess in the first place? Why do I have to face death? Why do I have to why do we have to give a blood sacrifice to please you? What is this all about? Free will. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that I'm I'm fine with that. Although there's plenty of Christians that don't even believe in the freedom of the will. The Calvinists believe in the sovereignty of God and that he chooses everything. You know, there's there's so many different factions of Christianity, you know, that it gets it can get irritating. But for me, that used to bother me. I thought, why was he crying? Why was he weeping? But it's because I think that I've always been separated from and maybe it's from my upbringing, I'm not sure, but love and affection sort of eluded me anyway, you know, that that deep love until I had children. And when I had children, or you talk about your grandchild, I can tell Ralph that that grandchild means everything to you, you know, and that Absolutely. You, you hear, yes, it was worth that long drive. I couldn't wait to see her, you know, that mm-hmm. there's something about the children that will do that for us, you know. But for Jesus, you know, think about this. When he went to the widow of Nain, she didn't ask him to do anything. He just had compassion and did it. When he was standing in the middle of the press and Jairus came to him and wanted him, he was asked to go. He got interrupted. He felt power go from him. And then he forced his way and got to Jairus and then raised the little girl, right? But in this case, these are people that he loved dearly. And they asked him to come and he didn't on purpose. And if he is the very son of God and he didn't come on purpose, then why? What's the reason? He tells you the reason. 
in the passage, he tells you, he tells the disciples, I'm glad that I wasn't there. So that you would believe. Yes. Exactly. If you go to John if, chapter if, 20. If I kept him from dying, how would you know I kept him from dying? But if I let him die, and everyone there knows, and there's a crowd of people, and they all know, mm-hmm. and then I bring him back to life, well, then you have, then you a believe. Yeah. And then you have other people there that can verify. It's the actual essence of Christ and who he is and what he stands for and what he can do for all of us. Life after death is something that people have wanted. What happens after we die? You know, I have family that says you become worm dirt, worm food. You yeah, know? I'm kind of a worm food individual. Right. Yeah. In most, in most cases, I think that's where a lot of people go <clears throat> when it comes to heaven and hell and what people think about the afterlife. It doesn't exactly, what people say heaven and hell is doesn't actually align with what scripture tells us that it is, you know, when it says there's a new heaven and a new earth, you know, then you have all kinds of different cults and sects that get into this. But the point is what sets Christianity apart from all other religions is that Christ himself being God made himself man and died, was buried resurrected, was on the earth for 40 days, and then ascended to the right hand of the Father and is still living right now. It sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, right? It always will sound like a fairy tale until you have the Holy Spirit reside in you. Until that happens, it's always going to sound like a fairy tale. Yeah, but there's so many fairy tales that you don't... I've had people over the years say, I can't believe in the parting of the Red Sea, or I can't believe in the virgin birth. And I'm like, well, or the you can believe that you got yeah. your wife yeah. pregnant and then she grew a baby in her belly and had a baby was born. That's the same kind of miracle. Sure, but everybody does that, Ralph. Yeah, but there was a point at which somebody had to do it first. Yeah. I think they believed it. when they came. If you'd have said it before it happened, mm-hmm. if you had somebody that didn't know about kids being born and how they were born, and you... yeah told them that that would happen, they would think that you were crazy until they saw it. It's like the ark. Yeah. You just said, they'd never seen rain before. Yeah. According to the scripture, that was the first time they'd ever seen rain. The clouds opened up. You know? In fact, whenever God decided to do that, it said he it repented the Lord that he'd made man. He was so disgusted with the evil. Their, their thoughts and intents are evil only every day. So he obliterated the entire planet. That sounds more like something a God would do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Old Testament God for sure. That's yeah. Old Testament yeah. God that's, for sure, but that definitely yeah. sounds like something like a God would do. I'm just going to wipe out my entire creation, yep. and he can, and he's allowed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm okay yeah. with him taking the rainbow back and doing it again. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're in trouble here, boys. Well, I don't even know if he owns the rainbow anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> then, Well, I mean, it is what it is. Um, and all, so this story... Jesus now knows who he is very well. You know, as he's grown, this is this is where he's a this is the the last miracle that he ever does. So yeah, that that was my next question. Was this this the last one cuz I've I've read several mm-hmm. and I know several and I, this is the finale. This to, is the big one to to, to his turn. Mm-hmm. That's when he's he's famous mm-hmm. enough to have that sort of a an audience too and that sort of pomp and yeah yep. it's kind of it is is the culmination it's the culmination of his life in some ways yeah because 
early on, there would not have been that sort of fanfare, certainly. And in fact, he, like we said last week, he didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. Yeah. Before. But at this point, now, this is the time whenever the Son of God is going to be glorified. He's going to speak to the Father, and then he's going to do this thing. And when he does it, you're going to know this is God. Now, what's really fascinating is like a few verses after what you read, it says that the Pharisees sought to kill Jesus even more. Well, Caiaphas was the leader at the time. Absolutely. He was yeah. He he, he was going to go after him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, a giant power move when you have an audience like that to resurrect somebody from the dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody they felt politically or otherwise threatened by before then. Can mm-hmm. you imagine, I mean, with a big audience like that publicly and then how much press you would get. Oh, yeah. Literal and... That's the right. Pharisees and the Sadducees were scared because yeah, sure, there could certainly. have been a revolution. And mm-hmm. if, if, there's, if, if their people revolt on them, well, then the Romans just come in and take over and then their power is gone. Well, and see, the Romans, the whole thing they're afraid of is that they're going to destroy the temple, that they're going to take away their religion and their faith and their life. That's what they're afraid of. That's what the Pharisees and Caiaphas even says, he prophecies, he says, it's better for one man to die for the entire nation. Yeah. Right? He didn't he doesn't realize that he's prophesying, but that's what he's doing. And for Jesus, he he's both all human and all God at the same time. Is that Kiba? Oh no, that's probably the uh there's like I, it, nine it sounds going. like it's coming from there's over here nine. to me, but there's yeah. there's a, a trio of chihuahuas, not the yard behind <laughs> us, but in the back corner. Yeah, and a so, trinity of chihuahuas. A trinity of chihuahuas. <laughs> so it's, up. <laughs> it's probably, and I can't tell where it's coming from because to me it's coming from that door. That's right. So. Well, I appreciate you putting that dog sound in the podcast <laughs> this, this week. Um, well, it's more of our trinity theme. <laughs> <laughs> the trio of chihuahuas. Well, one of the things I was wondering. That should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> right. Well, I was wondering when I was studying this is, Two things. One is, was he becoming more aware of who he truly was? And B, did he wait on purpose for a crowd to come around so that he could show uh, everyone that he had the ability, that he was God? We might need to push that door shut for this. Okay. Because it's... It's, it w- it's a lot. I mean, you can it's push it right there, right? We can handle it. It's just the dogs are barking so much. Oh, is the other side open too? Oh, yeah. You don't get no breeze if both doors aren't open. That's all right. I can still hear the dogs barking. Well, what I was thinking when I was studying this and referring back to last week was, is Jesus coming into a realization of who he really is? And the other thing is, does he wait on purpose? Did he wait on purpose and and why did he wait on purpose? Was it to show everyone uh, who he was, so the people around him, so that they would understand and have a better understanding when he came back to life and know that this is possible, or why? I think that um, this moment, that this is that final miracle, that the the big one. He's just made the claim that he's the resurrection and the life. Well, he signifies that he defeats death. Yes. And he not only does he overcome it, but he has the ability, once he sacrifices himself and his innocence on the cross, then if he does, which is the next biggie, 
if he comes back from the dead, then he will have swallowed up death and victory. He would have once and for all completed this. I think the thing that's that irritates me the most is that Jesus, when he died, he died for the sin of man. John the Baptist introduced him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And I don't know why, but Christians beat each other to death. We beat each other to death over this. It's like if we make a mistake, if we make if we commit a sin or we do something wrong, we get more harsh treatment usually from our other Christians than we do from people who are non-Christians. And it's the weirdest thing to me because we are being forgiven for things that we did because of what Christ did for us. Well, that doesn't mean that you can just go out and do whatever you want and then never God. No, it doesn't mean that. Paul says that. So, if grace abounds where sin is, should we sin that much more? God forbid. But it doesn't change the fact that grace abounds much more, right? So, we're covered. You can't, you can't outgive God. You can't. And when it comes to death and life, if you have any question whatsoever, if you look, if you guys want to believe that scientists are completely right about how all of this came around, I'm going to tell you something. They're not. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're not. They are making theories, they are doing studies, and they're very brilliant, but they're not. And if you think that all the Christians have it all together and that we understand all things, we don't. Mm -hmm. None of us do. Okay? None of us do. None of us even know that the understanding we think we have is the true understanding. Right. It's one of those things where there is debate. It is because there is room for debate, generally. That's right. Yeah. Where an issue is settled, you don't see a lot of protracted conversations. Yeah, we don't debate about gravity anymore. No no two people have the same thought Mm -hmm. and believe exactly the same. But the good thing about it is wherever two or three are gathered, Jesus is there with you to help you through it. Yeah. Well, we know that, but the other people don't. So, Hopefully they're listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in the neighborhood. (laughs) but The dogs are a fan. They, yeah, they were. Yeah, that, in order to get beyond, I think in the modern age that we live in, that these kinds of stories are hard to believe because you don't really see these kinds of things. We hear, we hear about a doctor who does some amazing thing and a person is cured of cancer. Mm-hmm. And if a person is a Christian and they've been cured of cancer, they give God the glory and say, because of you, I was able to cure cancer. Exactly. But it was also from multiple, multiple generations of research and, you know, this particular plan that this doctor or an oncologist puts them on and helps them, you know, tells them to change their diet. And there's all kinds of things that they did. But there are some people that strictly believe that, nope, it was God. And there are some people who are like, eh, you know, medicine helped you or whatever. In this podcast, I want to challenge people from a Christian perspective to, to understand that we don't believe that we know everything because we don't, but we do have something inside of us that we can't deny. We won't deny. I won't deny it. And I know it's inside. I know he's inside me. I asked him to reside in me and he's here. And it's the only proof that I actually have is because I've got it in me. And when he talks about life, when he weeps for Mary, she said, why was she upset? If you had just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Have you guys ever seen like a Jewish funeral before? (laughs) 
No. no I mean, I it is no. serious. There is some wedding, serious mourning. Right. There's some serious mourning. There's the Shiva. You've got seven days. Like, they have people There's, that... They, aren't there people paid to cry? There are. The whalers, remember you were talking oh, yeah. about that? Oh, yeah. yeah. We talked but about that people, last time. The people sitting on the... They'll, like, when somebody dies in a Jewish family, like modern times, they have like these little low footstools on the ground and they sit down, they cover up all the mirrors. They don't have to look at themselves or make themselves look, you know, better. They're, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Like they have unique customs, you know, but at the time of Lazarus's death, they had all those customs too. You know, he went through this ceremonial wrapping. He looked like a mummy and then they put him in this dirt cave and covered it with a rock, you know, very primitive. And this family who had asked Christ, who was close to him, and he had been close to him, wanted him to come. And they just knew if you would just get here on time, then our brother would live. It didn't happen. And yet he waited. On purpose. Yeah. He waited. Yeah. Right. On purpose. So he gets... <sighs> The thing that I was talking about as far as having something inside me, the atheist side of me doesn't believe that Jesus did any of that. It sounds like a great moral story to talk about life over death, and that's good enough. That's, that's all it is. It's just a story. But the believer in me suddenly realizes that that's what happened to me whenever I, whenever I became a Christian. It was, it was a rebirth, I was, it was being born again. It was like my eyes opened. I started understanding things about myself and about the world that I'd never seen before. It's like a, being awoken out of a sleep. Yeah. Well, he, he even referred to Lazarus as he's sleeping. Right. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so. I think it's interesting that you say the atheist inside of you believes this and the Christian inside of you believes this because I don't think I have an atheist inside of me. Mm -hmm. I, I have a doubting Thomas, no yeah. doubt. But from a very young age, I, w I know it was in second grade, the time that I know for a fact that God was talking to me. In Catholic school, you have to take a class in order to receive Holy Communion. Mm -hmm. You receive the body and blood of Christ. And in second grade, I hadn't taken the class, and the Lord called me and said, come, you're worthy. And I, I mean, I was only in second grade, but I went up there, and I'm scared, but I did it. And since that day... I believed that God's been in me always, and I've believed, and I've never had that shaken. There was after my after my divorce, I was pretty angry at God and uh, stayed away for a while, but uh, never didn't believe. Never had an atheist in me. It's always been uh, I'm a doubting Thomas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know that's yeah. hard to believe, but then you know if you can believe that someone is born, then mm -hmm. you could believe anything. The when I say the atheist, I mean it's, you know in Christian. Discussions we talk about the flesh, you know, right? Flesh and the spirit. Well, for me, there's that blooming onion you ate that blooming onion wow, in me. <laughs> so, anyway, well, I only brought it up because I think everyone in the world is at a different path. Like, I was born into a Christian family, went to Catholic schools, so I've had that from the beginning. I would say most people came to Christianity after they started growing up and started learning things and had beliefs. I mean, mm -hmm. statistically, you believe what you were raised Statistically, with. you believe what you were raised with exactly. by, right. like, yeah. by like a wide, wide margin. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting 
to hear you say that, and knowing that you weren't born and raised that way, and born and raised what way? As a Catholic. No, I wasn't born as a Christian. I was, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't born into a, fa- a Christian family. Right. right. So you came to that later. So you um, you might have some of feelings that, that I don't have that other people might not have, but a lot of people out there would have. So I don't want people to think it's bad to question God or question Christ or question themselves mm-hmm. and say, well, I don't believe this. Well, good. You're human. <laughs> yeah. The, I wanted to share this this week, this one personal testimony, and that's what they call it, when, when something, you know, is, has affected you or something that you felt like God did. I've had moments in my life where I, I was utterly confused. You know, I, I would read the Bible and I would read other historical documents and I would read, you know, commentaries on the Bible and I would try to learn and I would... You can go down this rabbit hole, kind of like YouTube. You can get stuck in this, you know, this vortex of stuff. And when you come at the end of it, you're like, I forgot what even I was asking, what question I was asking, you know. But I had this, I had this very like, at the age of 19, I, I worked with this man, and I won't go into his name, but he was what they call a Jehovah's Witness, and the church that I was going to said that the Jehovah's Witness group were a cult, right? Like they they didn't believe certain parts of scripture accurately and so therefore they were wrong. And, you know, for me, the man was he was a, a very nice, a very kind man. He was very giving. And a lot of times for me, that's a sign of something whenever they're genuinely kind despite any circumstance, you know, it, it's like, wow, that guy's really got something, you know, and I just remember. But one of the, the things that I had read in the scripture that I had come to understand was that Jesus was in fact the son of God, but he was actually part of the Trinity, part of, he was God and that he was the creator. And I'd read all those things and I just, I knew it. And they don't believe that, right? They don't believe that Jesus was God. They believe that he was a prophet and they, you know, there's certain things. I'm not going to get into all that. But anytime I would try to refute the things that this man was telling me, he had this little laptop and this was, this was back in the nineties, which is weird. He had like an IBM ThinkPad. It's like he'd hit <laughs> With like a and, searchable Bible on it. Yeah. yeah he's was, ahead of the curve there. He yeah, was way exactly. ahead of the curve. Wow. And he was in his yeah. like late sixties. He was way ahead of the curve oh, in the nineties wow. with an IBM ThinkPad, you know? Man. And every cool... once in a while you'll meet somebody like that. Like somebody who's somebody who's a little older, but somehow they never had that like problem with technology. Yeah. That yeah. Most people end up with at some point, you end up being that guy if you live long enough. Yeah. <laughs> some people just skip that phase entirely yeah. yeah my my father does not know how to use a computer at all yeah. at all there yeah we'll all be there someday it'll be some other technology yeah. i yeah. can't wait I, I just want to go to the bathroom <laughs> i'm sorry sir but until you can do this C- cannot you do have it. to eat this first i don't know how to use the seashells yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pat your head around your belly and jump on one foot so <clears throat> i remember he was he was so compelling and he it was it didn't feel like I was being deceived or anything. I just remember being so confused. And we've always heard, you know, God's not the author of confusion. It's Satan that's the author of confusion. But I was like, ah, baloney. Like I don't want to hear all that stuff. I don't want to get into the, you know, the angel and demon on the shoulder stuff. I don't yeah. want to eh, I don't care about all that. I just I'm getting down to brass tacks here. 
Well, I remember he he told me he he was trying to get me to come to their kingdom hall and to convert. And I told him one evening, I said, I am like this close, like a millimeter close to converting. Because everything in their doctrine, other than a couple of things, was really solid. Like they know their Bible very well. And they they will talk you into a circle if you don't watch it. And that was one of the reasons why I got heavy into studying was because I got tired of being twisted up by people. And especially for somebody at one time that didn't even care that the Bible existed, you know? So now all of a sudden it's like this big deal. But I remember I went home and I remember that in in the scriptures that Jesus had said, if you will go into this private place, into a closet, for instance, and if you talk to him secretly, that he will reward you openly. I always thought that was a pretty bold claim for a religion, that if I talk to this God in a secret place, that only he and I would know what I was talking about, then he would reward me in the open. I would see the effect of the prayer that I had, you know? So I remember I was so distraught and I prayed and I prayed and I said, Lord, I need your help with this man. I feel like I'm about to convert and I, and I want to actually, I want to convert, but I want to be sure that it's the correct doctrine. Like, I feel like you've given me this book for a reason and I've, I believe that there's a reason why I understand it the way that I do and I want to be, I want to be right with you. That's what matters actually in this whole thing. I just want to be right with you. Can you help me? So as soon as I finished my prayer, and I'm again, I'm in a closet. Like I'm literally physically in a closet. Like I close myself mm-hmm. off. Like I'm getting literal here. <laughs> prayer warrior. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just, I was getting literal about it. And I, the only way I can describe it is it felt like a drop of water hit the top of my head and it completely just flushed my body like all the way through. And I got this word. This is all this little phrase. When Christ was at the temple, who did he say would raise up his dead body? That was it. So I went back and I looked in the scriptures and I started reading it. And this is that moment where I was telling you guys in the, I think the first podcast, maybe the second, where he stands there and he says, if you destroy this temple, I will raise it up in three days. And then it says in little parentheses, they didn't understand that he was talking about the temple of his body. Okay. And when I read that, then it's like God gave me the answer I needed, which was ask them who raised Jesus from the dead. So I did that. The next time I said, look, I just got a question. Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Father. Okay, who raised Jesus from the dead? The Father. Okay, will you read the scripture to me? Read where he's at the temple. Read the scripture. And he read it. And he says, if you destroy this temple, I will raise it up in three days. I said, who did he say would raise him up? He said, I. I said, who is I? He said, himself. I said, who is himself? He said, Jesus. I said, who raised Jesus from the dead? The Father. (laughs) I was like, let's do this again. I felt like I was in that little weird time, like time warp, like going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When Fez is like, (laughs) 
America. <laughs> Say Eric, Eric. Say America, America. You know, it's like, are you not listening to me? Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. Funny. I asked him that question and finally I got him to understand it. I said, look, Jesus is saying that he has the power to take up his own life. And you believe that the father is the one that resurrected him. Why does this matter? Because I'm telling you that Christ is divine. I'm not going to take away his divinity just because you don't think that he's divine. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm no, going- the Jehovah's thing is this like, is supposedly this literal reading of the Bible, right? Yes. And here he is ignoring right. a word in front of his That's face. That's exactly right. You're just like, all right, wait and here. I, and it wasn't yeah. even about like, aha, uh-huh, I won. It was none of that. This is how the Lord was working in me is I felt this compassion for him because he was trying so hard to convert me that I suddenly needed him to understand that you don't know who Christ is. You don't actually have it because they don't believe that the Holy Spirit indwells humans. They, they call him the separate active force. I didn't know that. I mean, it sounds like a cool like military movie or something, you know? The separate active force, you know? But when I had that experience, it was the first time that I really felt like I'd heard God and he answered me whenever I was in my secret place. It was the only time I'd ever done that before, okay? And it was based on who Christ could resurrect, And so the resurrection has always been a very special thing for me because if Christ truly lived on this earth, if this isn't fake, if this isn't just stories, then he was such a unique individual, okay? Currently, the Jews who are in around the world, that are scattered around the world abroad and also in Israel, they don't accept that Christ was the Messiah. Most of them who accepted him were what he called his sheep. His sheep hear his voice and they know him. The others, they don't know him. So that would be, all of them technically were Jews at that point, right? Um, that believed, but the those that were in the establishment that we talk about, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those of the law. The, well, in Jerusalem. Yes. And that, well, and all over Israel, really all of those people that were more of the religious side of it, he didn't believe that he was the Messiah. We think he's a nice man. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah, I appreciate, you know, the things that he does. However, he called himself God. That's blasphemy. We should stone him to death. Yeah. And that's the law. But if he was who he said he was, then we have a problem. And that's just it. And this is where the challenge is. And Andy, this is, you know, we talk about whether we're agnostic or atheist or wherever we come from and that the Bible seems like it's just like a book, an old book of ancient writings or whatever. If you actually get into in-depth studies of these writings, you will find that there are 66 books in our current Bible and that they were written over a 4,000 year period. And one man wrote the first five back in 3,500 BC, you know, 4,000 BCE. And it aligns with a book that was written in 500 BC. And they keep talking about the Messiah. There are certain aspects of the Messiah. I never really read in the Old Testament where he had to raise anyone from the dead. Except death, where is thy sting? Right? That's that's the only thing I could come with. So he obviously has the ability to, to get beyond that. But when you study the scriptures... When you pray to the Lord, 
in a private way, like secretly, he reveals himself in them. He does. And then suddenly it's like it becomes a part of who you are. I, I agree, and I think that goes right back to what we were talking about last week about parables and people may not understand. Well, when, when it's your time to understand, when you open yourself up to it, and in, in study too, you mm-hmm. can't just, it's, it's not going to just come in. You have to listen and read and have conversation with people mm-hmm. uh, and, and want the knowledge, and then things will be revealed to you as you're ready for them. Sure. Well, let's let's get into the the breakdown of John eleven one through forty five real quick. Just take about ten minutes and just break it down. Okay. So, the crux of the story is that Jesus has just about been killed, and now he's he's kind of in hiding. People knew where he was if they got a message to him, right? So they kind of knew where he was. At least his, the believers did, and they tell him that Lazarus is sick. Uh, if you remember, he's told the story of the rich man and Lazarus. It wasn't the same Lazarus, but it's interesting that he's going to resurrect a Lazarus, mm-hmm. right? That would be in my brain because he told the story. That would be in my head. Like, I remember that story, you know? So Lazarus, this family is in anguish. Their brother is dying and he dies. Jesus doesn't make it in time. They're hurt. They go through all of their grief all of the mourning rituals, all of the things they do. They've wrapped him like a mummy. He's bound, it says. Later in one, it says that he was bound both, you know, hand, feet, head, like he was bound like a mummy. And he was placed in this tomb. And when Jesus tells his disciples, you know, let's go. Thomas thinks that the way that he says it, you know, let's all go die with him. You know, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's go. We're all going to go die. When Jesus gets there and Martha comes and starts talking to him, she puts it on him, if you'd been here, you know, if you had just been here. How many of you guys have ever asked that question of God or said that to God before? If this would have happened, God, then I probably wouldn't have done this. Have you ever done that before? I've said why. Yeah. Yeah. I think why. That's a good question. Yeah. Why didn't you come? When we ask, why did this have to happen to me? And if you're all powerful and all sovereign, why did this have to happen to this person? Or did this have to happen to me or my child or whatever? Mm -hmm. That's a common question. So I don't question the sovereignty when I'm doing that. I'm usually just saying, am I not good enough? Why? What have I done? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even go there. I don't, you know. I don't even think it has anything to do with us as much as it does with his plan. At least that's the way I look at it. You know, his his plan was going to be executed no matter what. No matter what. Christ came to die. And it nothing could have kept Lazarus in that grave that day. Nothing. Have you ever heard the joke about why he said the name Lazarus? Have you ever heard no. that? So, whenever Jesus calls Lazarus from the grave, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And it says he yelled with a, it was a loud voice. The reason he said Lazarus, because he said, come forth, they all would have come out of the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Zombie apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) But, so, when, when Jesus talks to Martha, he doesn't weep. Do you notice that? He doesn't weep whenever he's with Martha. He weeps with Mary. Earlier in the the book of John, 
or the Gospel of John, you hear about this moment where Jesus comes to this house with Martha and Mary and Lazarus, and he's there, and he's going to have a meal, and Martha's in the kitchen, and she's busting her tail trying and to make this meal. she's mad at her sister for and not she's being mad. in there helping her. That's right. She's and mad Jesus at Mary. Jesus says she's doing what she should be doing. Mm-hmm. He says, she he, gets it. He says, Martha, Martha, you know, Mary has chosen the best, the better part, which is to be at his feet and learning from him. And Martha was just busy doing the church work, working hard, making making church good. You know, I was talking about that in mm-hmm. one of the podcasts. There are some busybodies, man. They keep that church <laughs> straight in line, you know. And they'll tell you. And they sure yeah. do tell you. Um, so, Jesus doesn't weep with Martha, but there is a unique thing about Martha that I don't know if you know this or not, but she was the first woman on planet Earth to call her the Son of God. She was the first one ever. She said, yes, I believe, according to the scripture, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had already called him that once before. Peter was the first man to ever say it. Martha was the first woman to say so. So she recognizes who he is, and he tells her, Martha, oh boy, I am so much more. He is the actual resurrection. In other words, if you have any chance of living after death, it has to happen because of him. I am the resurrection and, and the, the life. life. He's and the he only one. In he's, he's the way. It, yeah. it's, you know, it's interesting, and I, I was going to ask you this question. Jesus went out to her because she, she was busy on the wrong thing and she hurt his heart. You know, he he feels this. I don't know what he felt, but to me, it's this this great compassion for someone who just doesn't get it. How did you feel about that man when you finally realized that he was on the wrong side? Like I said, it was compassion. It wasn't. Do you remember? You know, like sometimes when you finally win the battle and you're like, "Yeah, I got you in your face." That's right. <laughs> Suck it. You know, for him. I suddenly realized that all that compassion he was giving to me, which I appreciated, that I needed to reciprocate that to him, you know, and I felt that, you know, when I told him and he cried, he wept. He did. He actually wept when I told him, I won't be converting. That's not going to happen. I don't actually agree with your doctrine. I believe that Christ is the literal son of God. He is a deity and that what you think he's an angel and that's not scriptural at all. He was made so much higher than the angels, but made himself lower, you know. So, I felt I felt compassion, you know. And Jesus, when he's talking to Martha, Martha calls it like it is and, and tells him exactly what she thinks. But Jesus has this, like, yeah, I know you believe in the resurrection at the last day. It's almost like, yeah, it's going to happen someday. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, what's going to happen today? I mean, can you imagine? Just imagine, just for the sake of the story, man, just get into it for just a second. Imagine a man that looks at you and says, now you believe that, you know, that Lazarus will come back, or you, you believe that your daughter will come back. Yes, I know, it'll, it'll happen at the last day. No, I'm telling you what's going to happen right now. I'm the one that has this control. He had the ability to defeat death. He had that ability. Where did death come from? Do you remember? Do you know where death came from? 
Uh, yeah, who was the first person to die biblically? Uh, I felt like I knew that, but who who was it, Rick? Abel was the first one. He was a murderer. He was murdered. Oh, but yeah. the first one that actually died was Eve. According according to Genesis chapter 3, the serpent deceives the woman into eating of the fruit of the knowledge of tree, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Sounds like another fairy tale, but it's not. If you really think about what what is being said here, God is saying, if you eat of the knowledge of good and evil and you want to know all things, you're going to cease to be able to be in a relationship with me. There's something, because I can't look upon evil, but yet evil is, right? So, Eve, what? Oh, the plane going over? That's all right. Andy, that's a nice sound effect. Thanks for adding it to the Donkey Punch podcast. So, whenever... (laughs) Whenever... Whenever Eve is told, don't eat of this fruit, you know, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you'll surely die... The serpent tells her, you won't surely die. The reason why he tells you to eat this fruit is because he knows you'll become like him. You'll become like him, knowing both good and evil. But if you follow that reasoning, then Satan would be the first to die because Satan was an angel who wanted to be God and was cast out. I mean... Yeah, then you get into the whole, what does death mean for an angel thing? What is yeah. this? Yeah. I mean, Satan is still very much alive and has been from the time that he fell. Eve... But not alive in Christ. If God said God. the first time, you, as soon as you eat this fruit, you'll surely die. When she ate of that fruit, the fact is she surely died. Yeah, that did was she the die, end. Did she die? Not physically. physically. That's what I'm saying. That's, so that's how what I'm she, saying. She died... Spiritually, exactly, and so did the devil. As soon as he left, sure. As soon as as soon as he decided to be God, he died in God because he was no longer of God. Right. That's a good point. I I can go with that. But that's where death comes from. Was the diso- direct disobedience, and then when Adam ate of the you know of the fruit, then that was it for all mankind. From there on out, every child that was ever born was born with this problem in them, the sin that was in them, that knowledge of both good and evil. And for whatever reason, we like to play with the evil a lot more mm-hmm. than the good. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do anyway. It's all women's fault. But <laughs> that's hilarious. Edited. Don't, yeah. don't redact no, that. Out. Gonna... We want everybody to think that we're misogynist pricks here. <laughs> I just went through a, a harassment video today too, so I'm really in trouble. <laughs> yes, I guess we'll... Disclaimer. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be in the cell and somebody will bring me a tie. <laughs> it sounds like the Godfather when you say it like that. <laughs> oh no, a tie. <laughs> <laughs> a gift from my wife. Uh, oh yeah. If we're um, ever going to, you know, if we're ever going to know whether this is real or not. We have to make the effort. If we go about it at with a very lackadaisical, lazy approach, we won't get it. 
but it requires effort. Um, Jesus said the whole time that he was alive that he was doing what the Father wanted him to do. And something that he wanted was that we would tell others about him. That's what the Father has asked me to do, right? To tell others about him. It's the Great Commission. That's what he told us to do. Right. It's all he told us to do. Yeah. And so, over the next few podcasts, we're going to get into the actual suffering. We're going to get into the crucifixion. We're going to get into the moments leading up to the crucifixion and then what he did. And I'm going to take us through some Old Testament scriptures that talks about what the Messiah had to go through. Jews of today don't believe, well, Messianic Jews do, but most most Jews do not believe that Christ was the Messiah. They are still looking for a Messiah. Although, according to the book of Daniel, the second temple will be destroyed. Uh, when the second temple was destroyed, then the Messiah had already come. Well, the second temple has been destroyed since AD 70. So, they don't really know who they're looking for. We know who they're going to find, which is the Antichrist, and we know the Antichrist. We've heard about that. But I know I, I, my whole life I always thought Baptist people were crazy when they started talking about end times and he's coming soon and he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, I have begun to see the signs, and I'm not an insane person. It's coming sooner than you think. I've, I have seen the, what the scripture has said about it, and things are developing. They're developing rapidly, actually. And now it sincerely feels like it. It doesn't feel like it when it was in the 80s and the 90s when I was hearing mm-hmm. it. It's different. Now it's very different. And it's not my age. It's what's going on in the world. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, a couple of years ago, I told somebody, I said, you know, the way the internet is and the the, the hold it has on people, I, I could feel like the internet being this antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if people can believe, <laughs> is the antichrist. If, yes, if, so. if, if people can believe all of the nonsense and get charged up about it, which is why I'm glad Rush Limbaugh's not on the air You're anymore. You're glad that he's dead. <laughs> I'm not glad that he's dead. I said that the I'm, last I'm, time. I'm glad he's not I'm on not, the air because I'm not mad he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disappointed or sad for him. Man. It's it but people could just believe all kinds of things and get all pent up about it. So this world is ripe for the Antichrist to come because of everything they believe on the internet. Sure. I mean there's there's plenty I of- used to believe it I, I used to just think it was hard to believe that somebody could come and just you know Think about the like mark. the Pied Piper Ham will just blow his whistle and like all of the the rats would and well we are the rats and it's a little yeah it's a little disheartening to learn how easily influenced into what looks like complete nonsense a perfectly normal person is that's right it just complete just it's wild it is and and people that you can have a normal so. conversation with it can take a left turn oh. Oh, at least she's not barking. Is it Kiba Las Vegas? <laughs> no, that's Maggie. That's oh, our uh, see the dog. our foster dog. Uh, oh, so so there's a. I'm just gonna describe it. So it's a small two room studio, and we had the doors open earlier, and we shut the door that separates the rooms, but the back door is still open. So the dog walked into the back room of the studio and looked at everybody, <laughs> and then came. 
didn't do anything, then turned around and came out. Now she came to the front door to bark at this door for some reason, even though she looked it's, at... Anyway, we're it's, fostering it's, a dog. That's Maggie. She's uh, she's nice to my wife and I. Uh, so, so it was good that she didn't bark at you guys. Yeah. The neighbors ever so think much. that the studio's like the perfect location to... Yeah. like test yeah. the dog these giant glass doors <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right she sorry wants to that was a get big after ralph's mic the uh, possum you know <laughs> <laughs> it does yeah he's been so, laying there dead this entire yeah. time <laughs> ralph's talking to a possum <laughs> so. well if if um ralph just pantomimed murdering the possum yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it is uh, i'll bring I, him I, back I really I do. I know we got a little, you know, sidetracked, but I really, really want to do is I want to continue. I like having this conversation and sort of breaking free from it and just, you know, like having open discussion. But I really want to make sure that I, the whole purpose for me to record this is to, to talk about some of the things that I've picked up. That's why I'm doing this. I mean, why would I do this? You know, otherwise I can just go home and stay quiet. The things that I picked up on and why I became a believer in Jesus Christ and why I was, how I was able to confess with my mouth that he was actually my Lord and the reason why I make the decisions that I make in my life on the daily. And it's not because I'm, you know, easily swayed. I'm not easily swayed. I'm not. Um, It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of hard work to get somebody to convince me of anything, honestly. But talking about what you guys were saying earlier, like the Antichrist and, and everything, you know, dealing with COVID and all of the things that have happened and when people take the vaccination, there's a lot of religious sects that don't want to take that vaccination because they believe there's some sort of a digital imprint in it. And so it could be like they're taking on the mark and so they're afraid. But have you ever heard of the mark before? The mark of the beast? Yes. And do you know what that is? No. I do not. Right. So the mark of the beast, you know, they say 666 and everybody's like, oh, that's what I mean. The mark of the beast, the only way that you can buy and sell is if you have this mark in your forehead or in your hand. There is a company in Florida that is currently using an implant in their hand in order to get into the building, in order to clock into their job, in order to receive their paycheck. Wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean that's and that's relatively new. Now, a mark in the forehead, what does that mean? What did the writer of that of Revelation see as a mark? Was it a barcode? Was it what was it? You know, or is it some other symbolic, you know, symbology? Regardless, you can see technology and how that would be so much easier to do today. The mark of the beast, it, you are not able to buy or sell without the mark. And according to what the Lord says is if Christians receive that mark, then they are no longer his. I like my brain is immediately like what literal cultural thing is that referring to? Mm -hmm. Because I assume my assumption is that is a literal cultural thing at the time when it was written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I don't know who marks their forehead besides like Hindis, Uh, Hindus. I don't, yeah, Hindi. I don't, yeah, Hindi. Besides Hindi's, but my yeah, that's my go-to is just like mm-hmm. that. It was some some literal cultural mm-hmm. thing, and and guess what? History always repeats itself. What is it today? What what 
would we take on today? You can't buy and sell without it. If you don't believe that you're a cyborg now, right? And you are. I mean, absolutely. We are. People don't get that. We are. No, we're cyborgs. How often are you? How long? I have a computer. Yeah, you're being tracked constantly. How long in a day are you further than five feet from that thing? Never. How long? I use it for everything. Never in a day. I am a cyborg. I get off work. It stays at the desk, and I go the other room. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're the man out here. I'm, old. I'm with Rick. <laughs> He's old. Yeah, I like yeah. to unplug. I don't. I don't get away from that phone very often. And I don't take it with me to a restaurant. Yeah, I want to. I want to commune with my family. That's for. That's for us having time together. I think we get too distracted by it. Oh, I'm, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I have literally seen in my own family all of us at the table looking at our phones <laughs> yeah. in a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, did everybody enjoy going out? I sure did. Sure I'm, did. I'm See you next time. <laughs> flick, 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 flick. Text me. I okay. Snapchatted, yeah. sucker. Yeah. So no wonder why no, people don't have any yeah. quiet time to reflect and they, no one can hear the Lord because they've got something going on all the time. They've got shiny thing syndrome. You know, ooh, mm. what's that new thing? Ooh, look at that one. Ooh, look at that text. And, and 90% of the time, they just keep flipping through them. you got to unplug. You gotta go to a quiet place. Yeah. And you gotta connect with your Lord and you gotta connect with your family. And that's just it. I mean, if we were gonna be honest today, how often would you say that we actually pray? Like if for like us legit, who are believers, yeah. like legitimate prayer. Yeah. I know that I pray to him every day, but yeah. other than thank you for these modern day burritos I'm about to eat. I would yeah. say three minutes or less, mm-hmm. and I'm a believer. Right. And I do pray. Yeah. yeah. Three minutes or less. And I know some old folks, man, they pray till the sun came up and did. You could hear them. Like you could hear the prayers like over in the other room. Mm-hmm. They're letting it rip, tater mm-hmm. chip, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Lord, thank you for this food, and uh, I bless it. Bless it, please. I know. <laughs> you know it's like, Lord, please, please bless this Little Caesar's pizza that I had extra butter and garlic added to, to the nourishment of my body. That's a miracle yeah. in and of itself. You know, make this Little Caesar's pizza. Pray you. there's not a curly hair in it, okay? Thank you. Amen. What's the name of that movie? Um, the pizza? Total Recall. No, no. The, the kid in the, in the high school gym, and he ate the pizza with the... oh. Oh, I'm, older I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Rick don't know. Nobody You're talking knows. talking about with the scrotum hair? I have seen <laughs> Ferris that. Bueller? No, I don't think it was Ferris Bueller. Or maybe it was. I remember it, though. It was pretty gross. <laughs> Red-headed kid with braces. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway. Well, let's wrap this one up. Okay. Um, well, we're I, gonna hang on a second if I can. The reason why I do this is for exactly what happened last week. Yeah. And is so last weekend I saw my granddaughter and at nine AM I went into her room and she looked up, she smiled, she put her arms in the air and she said, Papa And I thought that was the greatest feeling in the world until you called me today uh-huh. or yesterday and said, Hey, somebody listened to our podcast and I led him to the Lord. And I'm like, Okay, so that's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this. That's so that somebody out there through something we said whether it be something we did wrong, and there's plenty of that, or <laughs> something that connected with them, made them think enough and be quiet and still and say, hey, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that 
you know, in my younger days, I would always try very hard. Like, I really want you to know, because I felt like it was, since it was our command, and that, you know, you want to, can't you see how good this is? You're wrong. wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. Listen to me. Do as I say, not what I do on Monday. I've been the opposite. (sighs) Yeah. So if you you, you found the cure to cancer. young self. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's just a D-bag about just, yeah. Ugh, hurts. Yeah. It hurts since chills up my spine <laughs> thinking about some conversations I've had just so right about myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so absolutely believing that I knew the absolute truth about things and being passionate in in that like I hate to like I just say it, but that way that like sometimes atheists get that like bad rap about just being like douchebags like, yes. totally been that guy yeah oh and it hurts me just <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> but you know what though that's a young man's game <laughs> for sure but i will tell you this i will say this about you andy one of the reasons why i've always came around is because you never you never did that to me well i was i was you know late teens early 20s when i, I knew had you a at couple that time. of those yeah you know what I would have only have had those conversations with people I thought were assholes. Okay. In that way. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. I would not have had, I would never have treated somebody that I liked like that. Sure. It just wouldn't have happened. Right, right. So, but it doesn't matter that whoever I was talking to, I thought was an idiot and probably didn't like them. And maybe, and probably I'm going to just go ahead and say, maybe I rightfully didn't like that person. They might've been a dickhead. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Does that make, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah, not that a good sense. enough reason. Yeah. So I'm still like incredibly, and, and I didn't, I wasn't like a wild proselytizer or anything for that sort of thing, but you only need to have three big, four big conversations like that in order to be like 40 and look back at those four conversations and just (laughs) put your head in your hands. Yeah. Just fucking leave people alone. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And that's how I felt too, like proselytizing exactly. You know, there were times whenever I was just like going on people's doors and knocking on their doors. I'm like, do you know Jesus? I'm surprised I didn't get shot in the chest. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey, man, I'm a porch, you know? <laughs> You're going to need your Jesus here in a second. <laughs> yeah, I do, and I'm fixing to send you to him. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, have you ever heard why Jehovah's Witnesses have inverted nipples? Oh, no. Yeah, it's true. Like when they go up on the porch and they knock on it. <laughs> Get the heck off my porch. That's terrible. That's awful. Yeah, that's not that's not a good joke. No, that's not. <laughs> well, that's the end of Donkey Punch. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Onks, onks, onks. Yes. <laughs> well, if there's if all hearts and minds are clear, we can let this go. I think uh, we didn't get into like super super deep study. I, I will say this, guys. Go go back and read about how. Imagine what Lazarus looked like coming out of the grave. Oh yeah, it, uh, we well, always, it commented on his smell. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. It, it was, it's been four days. Yeah, I think. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it kind of like a, a thing too? Like, they, yes, it had to be like two days before you were really dead, or they believed that the soul remained with the body. Some of them were say that the soul leaves the body after the third day. Gotcha. And the body begins to decompose completely um, at that point, point. Um, and then 
some believe that it's seven days, but that particular area, they believe that after the third day that the soul was gone forever, gotcha. there was okay. no coming back. And so he, on purpose, waited that long wrote and up, said, Right up there on four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let me show you this. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, so it this. makes it more, yeah, it makes it more spectacular. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more dramatic. And now yeah. that you're alive, go take a shower. <laughs> so, I, guess, I guess you'd smell okay then, right? <laughs> well, no, they, you probably actually, don't sweat when you're dead. Yeah. Exactly. But they said, loose him and let him go. Yes, and, but you do release gas. <laughs> your fingernails keep going. Hair. Yeah. So, with four days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You also do that after having a blooming onion in outback. <laughs> the callback. Nice. <clears throat> Got to open the door now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we're not. Uh, next week we're not going to. I think. D- if oh yeah. You wanted to do it. I will come next week and we will work on uh, intros and stuff for like an hour or something if you'd like. Oh, we absolutely. We can absolutely. Because do that, yeah, because yeah, Billy won't be able to be here, okay. and I don't want to do the podcast without Billy. Okay. And so I'll come, and we'll work on. If you want to come, Ralph, you can. But we're going to work on like an intro and oh, okay. Trying to okay. make something just you know, like some short thing, and we'll try to yeah, work out just mess it. with yeah, it a little yeah, bit, get a little more of a uh, a little more of a hard format for yeah. Something. It's Wink Dickerson from KRUT Radio. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Was that Greece? <laughs> Was that from Greece? No, that's from Cheech and Chong. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's right. Wink, dink. Peace, love, dope. <laughs> and Mary, what was it? Uh, Mary Elephant. Mary Elephant. Sister Mary, Sister Mary, Mary Elephant. Elephant. That's right. Class. Yeah. <laughs> movie throwback. Last Thanks. week it was Total Recall. This one was actually an album. Yes. The oh, okay. Bamboo. And you, you hear Sister Mary Elephant, and then she hears that, that knife. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the knife at the sister. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll get together next week and work on that outro or okay. intro, outro, whatever we want to do. And don't, then, you want me to don't forget to tell if them where we're at for something. Just give me a call and I'll head over. Don't don't forget to tell everybody where we're at. I, I've made a point not to say Giraffe Studio in beautiful <laughs> Hendersonville, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> right off of Brooklyn. I had to pull, I had to Very plug. near a trinity of dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we That's have right. a wild pack of dogs running through. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We'll catch up with you next time. All right. All right. See you next time. Nope. I'm good. Yeah, I just, I'm good. Yeah. I got a belly full of Outback right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I shouldn't have date. I shouldn't have ate that much. Or you shouldn't have to tell us. Cause, I know. Yeah, I just want to punch you in the face. Wow. Because <laughs> you're starving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll leave the sawmill and just jet here. I ate too much change, of that blue change change uniform. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> smell you. God, those things are amazing. They are. Until you're done, and then you feel terrible. Yeah, you're, you're like, like, all that, like, all that just grease. Like the, yeah. Your hands, yeah. it just... It's like your your it's like your sin. You're marked with your own sin. <laughs> well, you ever eat and one of those? You're just like reminded of it afterwards. You're like you look at your hands and you're like, <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? Yeah, exactly. I that's smell how I like feel. the fair. That's, <laughs> that's how I feel when I get done a blooming onion. Like literally, I'm just yeah. like, why did I do that? Smell like a carny. It's like <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like the. The deep fried Snickers. You ever exactly. try one of those? No, but I have uh, the Oreo. Yeah, I've had the Oreo. I like deep the fried Oreo. Twinkies. It's like instant heart attack on a stick. I've never had it. Oh. No, no. They deep fried Snickers fair. or Twinkies. Yeah, 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 either one. Yeah, they're both gross, but they, <laughs> but you know it's a fair food. So, and by a fair food, not a fair food. <laughs> that would be like wine St- and strawberries. Chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it could be both. <laughs> Chocolate. You could have an affair at the fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
unfortunately, she had all of her teeth. <laughs> yeah. 